The Yak Legion Podcast and the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Podcast are sponsored by the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. You can reach them at BuckeyeKayakFishingTrail.com. Strictly Sail in Blue Ash, Ohio. Reach out to Brian for all your Hobie needs at 513-984-1907. And American Tackle Company. You can find them at americantackle.us. listening to the yak legion podcast i'm your host zach carell i hope y'all enjoyed our halloween special last week with the last episode uh <laughs> we had a ball with that and now it got a little silly i know a lot of the conversations we had kind of really got far out there you know talk about the ufos and bigfoot and ghosts and all kinds of scary stuff but you know i wanted to do something different we had a lot of fun we tried you know we didn't keep it offensive uh we had a lot of fun with it, and uh, I look forward to maybe doing it again next year. But uh, today we have a special guest. We're getting back on the subject of kayak fishing, kayak bass fishing, and most importantly, the Hobie Bass Open Series. I have a cat on here. She fished nine, oh, eight out of nine events from the Hobie Bass Open Series last year. Well, this year currently. Uh, she plans to fish them all next year. So we have Katherine Field on the show. How's it going, Kate? <laughs> <laughs> it's going good. I honestly don't even know what to do with that intro, Zach. That was that was pretty impressive. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, okay, that's impressive. First off, first off, there is a Bigfoot. And uh, when I was fishing the uh, Hobie BOS in lacrosse, I had about a 45-minute conversation with a man who told me all about his run-in with Bigfoot in the woods somewhere really? Some yeah, somewhere in Wisconsin, <laughs> and he told me how a uh, Bigfoot was hanging out outside of his tent and that he almost shot him. But <laughs> I, Holy God. Well, I, I was very in depth, and I I completely one hundred percent believe the man. He was he was very convincing. So wow. You know, I had a sighting in 2005, and uh, everybody that wants to hear that sighting, I went over and told the whole story in our Halloween special. And uh, me and my buddy Eric Pierce, and it's kind of kind of affirming to have a friend with you that saw the whole thing too. So I'm not just crazy. No. <laughs> so it's, I had a buddy there that saw it too, and we only shine. We had a spotlight on this creature for maybe three to five seconds, and we just briefly glimpsed at it, and uh, we got the hell out of there. And <laughs> I mean, it was a scary looking thing, but you know, it's a freaking Bigfoot. I don't know how else to describe it besides being a Bigfoot. And uh, you know, I've always had an open mind. I have an open mind. I believe there's more to this world that we understand. I don't believe we have a full understanding of physics uh, and science. There's so many things that's going on around us that we can't see, and I think some of that's what the, this, these paranormal stories stem from. Yeah. It's that unknown. It's, it's it's exactly what it is. It's the unknown. Well, and, this, guy uh, cl this guy claimed that it actually trashed his truck. Wow. <laughs> so, so I tend to believe him because that that that's uh pretty valid but anyways that was you never know what you're gonna find at boat ramps 
<laughs> yeah, I've seen some shady stuff at boat ramps, that's for sure. Especially yeah. when you're out there at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah. So, yeah, talking about this, man, you fished so many, I mean, not eight out of nine Hobie Bass Open events. I mean, that is incredible. You traveled all over the country. And are, aren't you a Utah angler? Yeah, I'm from Utah. And I think I put on about 15,000 miles on my car wow. this year. Um, the first, the first Hobie though, that I did, I actually flew into, uh, that was Lake Seminole and, uh, you know, I hadn't, that was my first one and Lake Norman, which is the one I did not do was, was right after that. And I wish I had gotten my head in my head in, in line and really figured out how to go and do those. Cause I re really would have loved to have made all of them, but definitely this year, um, probably the hardest the hardest one was the driving from driving from Pennsylvania to California in a week. That was sort of the tough one, but um, it's been a blast. That what? A long, long way. Oh, um, someone, someone just said I was a nutball, but I found it entirely rewarding. <laughs> so, yeah, so. That's a long way to go. And I you flew. I sort of got right? a little dazed in the road in Nevada. By the time I got to Nevada, um, I remember pulling off to, I was starting to feel sort of sleepy and I was out in the middle of nowhere in Nevada and I, before the Sierras and I was trying to get to Reno and. No <laughs> one's uh, no timing in the microwave. That's, <laughs> no, it's, it's the oven. Or not. It's you had a press start. Sorry about that, Zach. Uh, getting dinner ready. Um, no. So I pulled off, and I remember there was this roundabout, and I'm driving around the roundabout, and then about halfway through the roundabout, I realized there actually wasn't a roundabout in the road. I had hallucinated the whole thing, oh. and had been driving driving in a circle around the, inter <laughs> around the intersection, out in some podunk town out in the middle of nowhere, but yeah wow so. that's scary you know that's that's what was it sleep deprivation hours on the road something because i had been driving for four days at that point so because i left i i finished this susquehanna day two and got off got off the water at the boat ramp and then i just started driving to california from the boat ramp jeez because it was the next hotel? weekend Did you sleep in your car no, I stayed at hotels along the way. I'd, I'd pull in at about like one in the morning and then leave about five. Wow, that's not very much sleep at all. No, uh, <laughs> that's probably why I hallucinated a roundabout. But yeah. Wow. So you started this pre-COVID-19. Like you said, you had no problem flying down to, to go to Lake Seminole. Um but how did that change go in dealing with the COVID-19 stuff? Because I know March, um, here in April and May, in Ohio anyway, they shut down everything. And they shut down most of the country. Yeah, so uh, in March, it was the same way, same way in Utah. And actually, you know, at the time, um, my, folks, my folks were living in southern Utah at the time. They're both uh, elderly folks. And... I got sort of worried about what was going to happen. I mean, you know, all the grocery stores were wiped out and things were just sort of panicky. 
And so I actually um, moved to Southern Utah for a few months and I stayed with them just because I thought, you know, if something happens, I want to be able to be close by. Um, so I moved down there and then I fished down there for a number of months. Um, you know, a lot of things got shut down to you had to be a county resident. So I had to change my address and all that stuff. And uh, I fished down there for a while. And then once uh, things started to open back up, I really was hoping we'd do that, uh, the Hobie BOS on Lake Erie. But that got hit by the COVID. But they um, reopened back up for, I think it was Kentucky Lake. And I drove back out, drove to Kentucky Lake. And, uh, and then I drove all the way home back to Utah. And I got home and I realized I didn't. I don't really want to be home back in Utah and I was working remotely this entire time. And so the following weekend, I think it was, I, or that, I don't know. I was only there a week. I packed up a bag of clothes and I left and I hit the road and I've just been sort of traveling ever since. Um, Where are you now? I'm in Tennessee right now. Hey, uh, Christine Fisher. What's that? You hanging out with Christine. You're just, yeah, well, <laughs> well, Christine and I are sort of road warriors going all over the place. And uh, we sort of have a, a business partnership we put together and we've gone in. We've got we've actually bought a house here in Tennessee, a sort of a fishing base camp for our tournaments heading into 2021. So we're actually uh, we're roommates now. Yeah, we're housemates. And uh, she's. She's cooking dinner. <laughs> Not to ruin her badass reputation, but she's pretty awesome, chef. Um, <laughs> she's shaking her head. But uh, yeah, so we're both um, just making sort of a big transition here and having something that, you know, most of the major tournaments are within six to eight hours of here. There's a ton of fishing here. And, you know, the, the one thing I learned on the road was it's, Go, I love traveling and I love exploring and I love going to these tournaments, but I'm also working full time and uh, remotely at the same time. And so in between tournaments, like, you know, if I don't have the PTO, I'm working during the pre-fishing. So I'll go pre-fish in the morning if I can and, and then work all day. Um, but then between the tournaments, I still got to put in my 40 hours. And so that was pretty much like jumping from hotel to hotel and that, that gets pretty pricey after a while. So um, this will give us both a place that, uh, you know, we can have as a base camp, as a launching point to all the different tournaments and, and travels that each of us want to do. And so that's sort of our new our new uh, transition here. So. Wow. So you got went in and you guys rented a place in Tennessee. And, uh, you know, that is kind of a good vantage point for most tournaments in the country yeah. uh, unless you're going of course to california or you know up those the, the western end of the continent yeah i'm i'm well i still my main residence is still in utah and i still have my house there um so i pretty much have extended my reach now so i'm gonna be doing it coast to coast um and not you know i got within utah i got you know a Utah is a little different. It's a 12 hour radius pretty much to get to California, but, um, or 12 to 14, depends where you're going. 
but it gives me a chance to maybe uh, make it a little easier on myself, on my equipment, on my body and, and my car and have, have a place I can have like a week or two of downtime, you know, without having to live out of the Holiday Inn Express. As much as I do love the Holiday Inn Express, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a little hard on your bank account. And, and I had thought about doing like a, a truck and a camper and just camping, but, uh, you know, truck and camper that depreciates over time. And, uh, we, you know, we went and bought this place and a house will appreciate over time. So it's an investment for us really. So. Wow. That's cool. So just you ladies there, huh? Well, yeah, nobody... watch out. I don't know if Tennessee is ready for this. <laughs> got to take it. You got There's to take it. Tennessee Lady Angler Central going on here, so. What, what, what kind of fishing y'all been doing? You been What kind of Tennessee fishing is there around your place? We haven't yet. we like, been focused on, like, getting this house closed, and literally we just moved in, like, two days ago. So we're in the whole, wow. like, getting the house situated but uh i'm probably doing this interview sitting on a stack of boxes oh pretty much (laughs) (laughs) pretty much uh yeah christine just finished the uh kbf national championship and before that we had done the the kusa chain hobie bos um we've got um she's in the tournament of champions it's coming up uh middle of november I have not made the tournament of champions, but I'm going to seek my revenge in the shootout if I'm lucky, and uh, we'll see what happens. No, yeah, so, I am. <laughs> I am. Well, we'll see. I I uh, I got some health issues, so I may have a surgery coming up, but I'm still determined to do the damn shootout. <laughs> so, oh wow! Yeah, I understand the see. health issues stuff. Well, we'll see what happens, but that's my goal at least. If I well, just say. Need- Float around and flick a rod. Let's see if I can do it. But uh, that's my goal, at least. And then hopefully, uh, you know, God willing, I'll do the Bassmaster on Chickamauga. Yes. Yeah, I am debating <laughs> doing that. My buddy John Graves is trying to talk me into coming down there doing that. I think I might do that. Chickamauga is well, def- has definitely one that's been on my bucket list. It's a legendary fishery. I've heard so many stories. You guys are right there close to it. I'm about 15 minutes from it. So. Oh, there's no excuse. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> there's no excuse. Yeah, there's no excuse. <laughs> it's 15 minutes down the road. You're 15 minutes from the boat ramp. Oh, hell yeah. That's I know. We'll see. We'll see. I've got, you know, I, all joking aside, I've, I'm, I'm having a little bit of a struggle personally. I've got um, a medical implant. Uh, that has controls pain for me. Uh, it's a spinal cord stimulator implant, and that's what allows me to like have a functional life. And it's the implant's failing, so I get to go and uh, get it all sorted out. And uh, you know, I'm I still have goals of of doing those tournaments this year, but uh, you know that really is up in the air. It depends on if I can do it. We'll find out. What the my, what the surgeon says about that, but my mother has scoliosis, had it her whole life, and uh, she's got one of those implants that control pain. Um, okay. It's been working pretty good for her. She's had. So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Oh, 100 percent. 
yeah, but, she's, uh, she's yeah. Out of I, i'm hoping it's like just switching out a car battery you know i just they pop <laughs> the hood somewhere <laughs> yeah they just cut you open you know change the batteries out yeah that's pretty yeah, much well up. i'm hoping that's the the solution and not uh not a whole redo so we'll find out i'm sort of like uh when it comes to being a cyborg i'm sort of the first gen uh, cyborg. I'm not one of those fancy skin jobs, you know. I'm more the toaster variety. So I don't know if my uh, if my old gen tech will uh, be compatible with the new new stuff. So we'll find that out hopefully this week, and and then uh, and uh, and I won't have Christine Fisher kicking my butt because I decided to go fish tournament. <laughs> Well, if our society heads into a lithium, you know, you need to come up with a pulse generator to coat the lithium. I could <laughs> plug myself in. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, if our society turns into a cyberpunk dystopian world, then you're already half cyber. I'm, I'm already like, yeah, I'm already well on my way to like demigod status if that happens. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, if body if body modifications come out to where you can like uh, upgrade your body parts, I might be into that. You know, have stronger arms, stronger legs, be able to run. Now I'm talking about fantasy stuff. Let's get back to fishing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know you like the game quite a bit, don't you? I see you play Red Dead Redemption a lot. Yeah, I play that. Um, you could fish uh, on that game, and the fishing is really fun. I. I know, right? <laughs> like you could just you could be do going it, but I'm obsessed though with that. Like I said before, I'm obsessed with the uh, the good versus evil balance in the in the character alignment in that. So often, oh, yeah. I have not gotten very far because I I get so far in in trying to get my character either like totally bad or t totally good that I get that I get frustrated with it and I start the whole game over thinking like if I just do it a different way, it'd come out different, but I don't know. I'm sort a of a perfection. I'm like a completionist kind of gamer. So, you know, like I want to like get every single achievement and unlock all of whatever and, and try and completionist be completed in, in one sort of thing. So it's, it makes it, makes it hard for me to finish a game because I really do like these weird abstract things with it so yeah the, the good and bad aspect that's pretty common in video games anymore uh, and it's always fun i always play bad first and if i replay that i play good <laughs> it's so fun yeah. being bad in those games you're just an asshole to everybody when you play a bad character and <laughs> it's always more fun to be an asshole even though in real life i'm not an asshole i promise <laughs> i know but in that game i pretty much you know gotten to the point where like every land is I can't even step foot in it with some bounty party showing up. So, yeah, we try. It's hard. That game's not really meant to be played as an angel, but I, I try and to uh, to do that. It's hard to be an angel in the Wild West. It know? is, especially when everybody keeps jacking with you. Awesome. Yeah. So we'll take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with Kate. 
Now a word about all the awesome companies who support the Yak Legion podcast. Venom Lures. Venom Lures in Lancaster, Ohio is known for their great soft plastics and terminal tackle. They have been providing quality products from right here in Ohio since 1984. Mr. Dustin Carnes is the new owner of Venom Lures and inventor of the DK rig. It's a weedless version of the Ned rig that's taking the fishing world by storm. Check them out at Venomlers.com. Strictly Sailing Kayak. Strictly Sailing Kayak is located on Kenwood Road in Blue Ash, Ohio. They sell Hobie, New Canoe, Feel Free, Three Waters, and Johnny Boat kayaks. They have been providing high-quality service to fishermen and watercraft enthusiasts since 1978. Reach out to Brian Tacey at 513-984-1907 or check them out at strictlysailinc.com. American Tackle American Tackle, the inventors of the microwave line guide system, sells a variety of terminal tackle and fishing lures along with custom rods and accessories. You can find them at americantackle.us. The Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. It's the biggest kayak fishing trail in Ohio and holds fishing events all over the Buckeye State. Check out their website at buckeyekayakfishingtrail.com. And that's for more information and details. Come out and fish with us, y'all. Hey, thanks everyone for listening to the podcast and all the support. You can follow Yak Legion on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and all of those can be found at the Yak Legion Podcast. You can email us with any questions at the Yak Legion Podcast at gmail.com. We have Yak Legion decals for sale on the Facebook page. Every decal sold, guys, goes a long way to support the podcast. Don't forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll give you a shout-out on the podcast to say thanks for all the support. OPH Outdoors. OPH Outdoors is a local Ohio Anglers YouTube channel. Learn all the tips and tricks from fishing Ohio's waters, along with seeing some of the fish Ohio has to offer. From fishing footage to seasonal-based fishing knowledge, OPH Outdoors has videos for every Ohio angler. Backers. Those bumps. Bold North Outdoors. Makers of the best portable power station on the market today. Folks, when you're out yonder and off the grid, you need a partner to keep your adventures powered up and going strong. That's where Bold North Outdoors rises to the challenge. Power up your campsite, charge all your devices like your cell phone and tablets. Fire up your CPAP, run your lights and fans, blow up your air mattress and float tubes, recharge your GoPros, you name it. And Bold North Outdoors portable power stations are ready to keep your adventure going and going and going. Oh yeah, Bold North Outdoors outperforms all its competitors. First, they are built tough with marine-grade components to withstand all Mother Nature can throw. Second, they feature powerful lithium phosphate batteries, the safest, lightest, and longest-lasting batteries out there, giving you four times the usual performance of other batteries. 
All batteries have built-in BMS, which gives you charging and discharging cutoff protection. And that is for your safety and increased longevity of the battery. And their power stations are accessible and customizable. Easily add a string of batteries, access the internal circuit breaker, and connect a solar panel to recharge your battery. With three different models, there's one to fit your unique outdoor needs. I'm telling you, I've got one and I'm a believer. Stay outside with Bold North Outdoors. It's the best portable power station to keep you in control and powered up. All right, we are back. So, Kate, what kind of yeah. kayak are you traveling the country with? Like, what are you on? Well, that's sort of a loaded question, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> uh I've been I've been in a native. I bought a native to start out with, a native Titan, and I've been uh, doing pretty good in that. But I'm actually I'm gonna be joining the uh, the Hobie regional fishing team, and I'm gonna be moving to a Hobie shortly. Oh, wow. Whenever my boat does arrive, I'll be moving to a Hobie. So. Oh, nice! That's amazing. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that opportunity. Like I. I I really appreciate what Hobie Fishing does for kayak anglers and and the Hobie ownership. I mean, the Hobie boats are really nice, and uh, it's an incredible opportunity for me to join that and and be a part of that. So I'm pretty stoked about that, Zach. It's a a big transition for me. Oh, definitely, yeah. They're you know they're pretty picky on who they want on their team, and uh, the, you know Hobie's awesome brand. I have a Hobie PA twelve. Uh, I love it. I've been all over Ohio and uh, Alabama and uh, all over the place with that thing. Uh, what kind of Hobie kayak are you getting? I'm gonna get the uh, PA fourteen three sixty. Oh yeah, the I'm going. Ship. I'm going for the big mama. <laughs> so yeah. you'll love the room on that thing. Uh, the seat is really comfortable. Um, there's just so much room for storage on the Hobie boats, um, the Hobie PA-12s and the 14. Uh, are you getting a 360? Yeah, I'm going to get the 360. And, um, you know, so hopefully in the next couple months that'll that'll happen and I'll be able to fully transition over. But, um, you know, I'm just I'm just really excited to have that opportunity. I've, I've, I've I always joke that I'm like the biggest non-Hobie owning Hobie supporter on the planet <laughs> <laughs> and uh and it's been true I, I mean I I just I, I love everything that that company's doing and I just am pretty tickled that they you know offered me that and and uh, I'm gonna run with it and I'm looking forward to you know hopefully really having an amazing year next year and just taking everything on as as a uh, badass as i can so hell yeah that's what i'm talking about <laughs> we'll badass as you can so you yeah. to fish every event now i know the hobie bass open series their their schedule for next year is not released yet and a lot of trails all over the country they're working on their schedules yeah uh, do you have any ideas maybe you're sitting there with christine you know i know she's, uh, <laughs> she's dating aj right so she might know is there any possibilities for next year i don't think she knows at all so wow no, no, I never get any inside information, Zach. So sorry about that. I don't have any info of that. And yeah, yeah. And honestly, like, you know, uh, 
whatever whatever the the tournaments are going to be, I'm going to be there. And I hope next year I actually want to do more tournaments than I did this year. Um, I just I'm just going to go for the gusto next year and see what happens. And I just think they're a, an amazing skill accelerator. And I know that I'm. I'm definitely not the best angler out there, but I'm doing my best to learn. And I just want to take, I just want to give everything I got to it and see what happens and crush a few souls along the way, hopefully. (laughs) Well, I'm rooting for you. Here's another loaded question. Uh, what What is it about the kayak fishing community that you love the most? What keeps you coming to these events? Man. <laughs> well, I mean, it's 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 a lot for me in that number one, I just like to compete straight out. I love the competition. It's something that I've missed um from my past and ha- being able to compete, it's it's something that I really enjoy, but everybody I meet is so dang nice, Zach. I mean, it's like uh it's like it's like going to Thanksgiving and every time you go to Thanksgiving, you have a football game against all your cousins and brothers and everything else. It's just like a big family. And, you know, I, I want to do well, but I also appreciate watching my friends do well. Um, so it's just, I know, I just love it. It's, it's a, I, I would say that that's one of the things I've missed this year with COVID is just the whole get together as a group and be able to hang out with people like we did before COVID. And I really hope that at some point that that returns because I really miss that camaraderie. Definitely. Well, I don't think COVID's going to last forever. God, at least, at least I hope not. Um, yeah, that was my favorite part of the whole thing is doing tournaments. It's just hanging out at the campground, you know, having a few beers with your friends the night before the tournament, uh, pre-fishing with uh, friends during tournament. Um, and man, it was so many, so many great memories. Um, what do you think is your favorite? Well, this is a hard question to ask. But what do you think your favorite memory for 2020 um, through all your travels? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. What are a few of your favorite memories to make it easier on you? Honestly, well, I got a couple. I would say um, when I did the Lake Fork, the Hobie BOS on Lake Fork, I caught my first dang bass in that. <laughs> And that meant so much to me because I had tried so hard. I didn't catch. I caught some in pre-fishing in Seminole. I didn't catch any during the tournament. And it, like, just made me feel like I wasn't, like, wasting all my time. I actually caught some. And actually, the time was my personal best. Um, And then, boy. I don't know. It... I would say say day two on the Susquehanna River. um, I had so much fun on day two. Like, there were times I forgot I was in a tournament. (laughs) Like, I was just, like, rolling around, and I'm like, you know, it probably a whole hour gone by, and I realized, oh, shoot, I'm supposed to upload some fish. I just had so much fun just uh, cruising around and catching them. Um, but that and I did really good that day comparatively for, for me. So I just that made me feel like, you know, maybe I can do this. Uh, you know, it was a confidence booster for me. 
So. I'll believe you can 100%. What was your best uh, tournament last year? Well, this year, I guess. I, well, I mean, most of them I've been, like on that day two, I got in the top 10 on that one day. But most of them I'm usually, I'm in the, like, some day, some of the days I'll be in the, tw- I've been in the 20s or 30s. And most of the time, though, I end up like in the mid 40s. By the end of the season, I was usually averaging in the mid 40s out of the field. So, you know, a top 30 or 40 percent, which I feel extremely good about because when I started it I'd be like you know down in the hundreds (laughs) down on the very far end of the thing so I feel like uh you know I've been able to improve a bit on that and you know make my way slowly up the ladder wow so you know it got me thinking how'd you get started with doing all this kayak fishing I've seen a lot of uh, your involvement this year what did you do last year and years past? So this is my second year, Zach, of kayak fishing. Okay. Like, so my first year was just really local stuff. I mean, I got I got a kayak to go kayak fishing to chase trout in Utah. I've never fished for bass in my life. Um, and I met ca- people in kayak fishing in Utah, and they said, oh, we do these bass tournaments. And I didn't know what the heck that was. I never fished for bass. And... So I had sort of jumped in the deep end as far as doing bass tournaments um, in Utah and sort of learning how to fish for bass. And then I sort of got crazy and just jumped in the national scene <laughs> and uh, been trying to learn ever since on that one. But um, yeah, def- like, I mean, I'm definitely, uh, uh, you know, learning as I go and trying to really focus and, and practice and apply myself. And it's a steep learning curve, but I love it. So sort of hooked. Oh yeah. You're hooked. hooked I'm hooked bad. Yeah. Is that a Carolina rig? (laughs) (laughs) Or a Texas rig? Oh my gosh. But you know, it's, it's, it's a lot. I mean, I'm started, I started from scratch. A lot of people you talk to fished for bass their whole life and I'm, on year two of that and i know what's that and you're jumping in the nationals that's awesome yeah. i'm a little crazy zach <laughs> yeah no a lot of people but, like uh, i have a friend i talked to and he won't even try a national tournament until he's won at least three or four state tournaments and like man there's nothing stopping you from joining a big tournament and like when i went down to gunnersville you know i thought there was maybe a chance I could win and I fished as hard as I could but just the whole experience of going down there and traveling on a national level I mean that's what was appealing to me yeah well here's the thing though like you know for me I know I'm going up against the top anglers in the country every time and I don't I don't feel a lot of pressure from them because I know like the odds are pretty much not, you know, in my, in my favor. So in a way it's, a, it's more like me versus the fish more than anything. And I think that's been a really good lesson for me is that, you know, I don't, I don't worry about what other people are doing or how other people are fishing because it's really a focus on me trying to figure out the lake and me try to trying to find the fish and focus on the fish and whatever happens is going to happen. But that battle, it doesn't, 
it's removed a lot of that for me. I don't feel, you know, when I first did it, I got all nervous with all these amazing superstars, but I don't get nervous anymore because I feel like, you know, some point in my progression, I'll be able to, you know, go up against some people more, more, uh, be more of a, I guess a threat in that way, but I'm not there yet, but I will be someday if I just keep working at it. And, and I just view it like a crucible, Zach, right? (laughs) You know, you you rise to the, you rise to the level that you are competing at. And if you want to, you know, I'm not knocking anybody. If you want to go and, and stay, stay in what you're familiar with at home and fish that and go out on a Saturday and you want to catch a bunch of, bass and you always know where they are i mean that's fine but that's not for me i want to i want to go up against the top people and i want to get better and that's the only way i'm gonna do it is to go to these different bodies of water and go up against the top people that i can because that's gonna make me better that makes any sense Bless well, i got you i got you uh yeah i i respect that quite a bit um I know a lot of people will, will will try to beat out their local guys. And you, you know, you learned how to bass fish in Utah, too. And I've had Aaron on. I've had Cody. <laughs> I've had several people from Utah. And it sounds like bass fishing in Utah is a completely different game than it is it in the, is, the rest of the okay, country. So, so here's the deal. The bass fishing in Utah is completely, you cannot take that that kind of fishing style and apply it really in any <laughs> national level uh, because the lakes are so different, you know, um, <clears throat> there just isn't the, there isn't the similar style of fishery around. You might get some deep lakes maybe in California that might be more similar that are, you know, have 20 to 30 feet of visibility, <laughs> you know, super clear, super deep, super cold water. Um, but you just... You don't have a really easy way. And so that's one of the reasons I'm going to all these lakes because if I want to compete, I have to learn to fish on a Coosa or a Susquehanna or a Mississippi River or, you know, a Gunnersville or Chickamauga. Like that is where all the tournaments are going to be. And so if I want to progress my skills, I can't progress them in Utah at all because they don't have there isn't a whole bunch of lakes that have grass. There isn't a bunch of lakes that are full of pads that you can go learn to frog. They're just not, those things don't really exist there. And so you have no way to really grow those skills in a competitive field. So you have to move out of that state uh, and travel out and go experience those fisheries in order to really improve it. Cause there is no place to do that. You, I mean, you can sit in your backyard and pretend, but it's not the same as going through it that's true that's true time on the water and those different fisheries really makes a difference oh 100 percent. you're learning different types of water all over the country and uh utah just sounds completely foreign to me for what i didn't even know there was a bass fishing there league there for the longest time i didn't even think there was a lot of lakes i thought it was mostly desert uh, yeah you know, i don't know much geographically i've never been out west or that direction so Totally uh, it is it's desert in the south and in the southeast of the the state the rest of the state is very high alpine mountains which is really more conducive to uh 
trophy trout fishery, which is what the state really manages. The state really doesn't manage well for for bass fishery. They have some of the southern lakes have bass, but most of the focus has really been on creating trophy trout fisheries, and that's that's their bread and butter. And you know, you just you have all these lakes that are ten thousand feet and up. You're not going to find the bass there. <laughs> so, you know. Oh. I like to go out there. Though. I like to see the desert. You're kind of yeah. envious. You went all over the country. I mean, you've seen everything. You saw the South. You saw California. All the crazies out there. You <laughs> the Kentucky Lake. You had to deal with alligators down there at Seminole. And then go up to Kentucky I did Lake. not, though, Zach. I did not. Because when I fished Seminole, <laughs> it was 39 degrees. I couldn't oh. find the alligator. All it the was, alligators was, are hibernating, I guess. Uh, everybody said, come to Florida. It'll be nice and warm. And it's because I'm like, oh, great. Because it's 11 degrees where I live. And I go to Florida. It's 39. And it's pouring rain. And none of the bass wanted to bite because it was terribly cold. So I didn't before, think it got below 60 down there. <laughs> oh, no. It's always awful. I think people... People were cashing checks with nine fish. It was a terrible, it was really a brutal tournament, but yeah. 100%. I remember watching that uh, unfold online from Facebook and everybody was having a hard time. Uh, some people got, their trailers got robbed. I think Alan Reed's uh, had his spare tires taken off his trailer. And oh. uh, I heard all kinds of stories about the Chickamauga boat ramps down there. So if you go down there again um, for the bass, you know, the bass series, if I, maybe lock your stuff up and watch what you take to the boat ramp. You know, yeah. I'm not to say I've never been down there, but I know my buddy John says that the thieving's real bad down there. So be careful. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. So, you know, yeah. that's a shame. That's a shame. We got to worry about that. And it's like every kayak trip I've ever taken, that's always been in the back of my mind. It's like, man, am I going to come back to my windows being busted out or something missing? And because there's so many times I've been to the boat ramp and you see broken glass or you see, walk, go around the parking lots and you see where they busted the windows out. And I know it does happen. And, uh, <laughs> you know, some of these parks at night can be kind of spooky, too. So there's some, some creeps roaming around. Uh, yeah. I've had experience with creeps before out here at East Fork. And there are, um, um, I'm trying to think of a, a good way to say this that's not offensive. They're homosexuals, and they're out there looking for people to, to do favors with. And they'll drive by, and they'll flash your lights at you. And we'll be out there catfishing, like bank fishing. I used to do a ton of bank fishing uh, back in the day. And they would always come down and flash at us and then try to talk to us and stuff. And it just really creeped us out, you know, <laughs> me and my friends or me and my wife. So you just want, it's very creepy, especially, you know, like I wouldn't be traveling the country without a gun. Do you pack? Yes. That's good. That's I, good. And I've had some creepy, I would say creepiest one I had was actually at a rest stop in Ohio. And I had, uh, I had stopped cause it, it was a really rough patch of road and I wanted to tie everything back down. I felt like the straps had loosened up on my kayak a bit. So I stopped to tie them down and this guy came around i was parked in the trucker area this guy came around a truck towards the front of my car and I, I went and put my front door between him and me and he has said something like uh you want to see my taser and he shot and he and he went and hit that thing and he shot the taser off right in front of me and and that i thought man i'm gonna get abducted right here and so 
I went and uh, I said something to the effect of, do you want to see my pistol? And I jumped in my car and shut the door. And that guy took off. But, I mean, you just don't walk up to somebody and fire a taser six feet from them, you know, especially that's, some women. And that's I was, scary. Yeah. That was scary, you know. And uh, so I, I, I am always packing. And, you know, majority of women who are out fishing and stuff are packing, too, because they're just creeps at the boat ramp and you can't be too careful and... You just you do you, you can you're the only one that can be responsible for your own safety. So you know, follow 100%. the law and carry that's where light. you can carry, and just you gotta watch yourself. Yeah, that's why I have my carry sealed. And we are, according to the Constitution, you know, we're allowed to open carry in the whole country. Yeah. You know, you some states are pretty strict about it, but I'm not going to get political, but they are restricting <laughs> our rights by doing that. That's wrong. Yeah. You, you should be allowed to open carry a gun anywhere you go, anywhere in this country. Um, I personally, I would feel a lot safer. We had more guns and, you know, the, the right hands instead of the wrong hands. I'll tell you the sketchiest place I was at was Clear Lake in California. That place was sketchy. Like, <laughs> oh, I want to elaborate. <clears throat> it's just meth heads everywhere everywhere uh, like a heroin problem here Peter. it was bad and uh just no place i really wanted to spend any time in that area but wow yeah we just did the halloween special a little while ago um and i, I had a question for you okay I, i'm asking everybody this all all month long and that's okay. a scary, scare, a, a scary experience on the road or kayak fishing. And you kind of did with the taser. Um, have you had any terrifying experiences out on the kayak? Yes, I absolutely have. Do you care to elaborate or tell the um, story? <laughs> I was about, um, it was definitely last year. And I was... Um, up on a uh, strawberry reservoir in Utah, and I was fishing for uh, kokanee and and trout. And it had been stormy all day, and I'd already gotten caught in a really bad storm, and I had to work my way, you know, it was like white caps, because the wind comes up really fast in Utah. And uh, I worked my way back to the, to the boat ramp. It took me like three miles of just going along the shoreline to try and get back. And uh, I waited all day for the wind to die down. And about five o'clock at night, you know, it was like uh, everything went like glass, right? And you're, you know, end of the day, it's usually calm. And I thought it, there was no clouds in the sky or anything. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go out and fish. And I go out across this bay and, and I'm fishing these points, trying to, to hook in. A, and actually, I just lost a fish. And I saw a few little clouds on the horizon. I thought, you know, sun's going down. I should probably start heading back. And, and right as I had reeled my line in, um, I saw this black line in the water going straight across the bay. I'm like, what the heck is that black line? And it just kept coming right at me. And it was like a 60-mile-an-hour gust of wind. And that wind hit me. It spun me completely around in my kayak completely around and in and in like uh two minutes i was in well over three foot rollers and they were coming over the side of my kayak they're coming over my bow and 
I had so much water in my kayak. Like I'm pedaling my Titan and I'm dragging my heels through the water in my kayak trying to get back. Uh, and I, I mean, I thought I was going to die. It was really bad. A huge windstorm and people, uh, people in boats were, were, uh, getting all caught up and crashing and sinking their boats left and right. And, uh, it was bad. It was bad. I really thought I was going to, uh, not make that. So, um, people were sinking their boats. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was like the waves were so big that they're going over and capsizing their boats. They're going over and sinking their boats. Um, and the nice thing about the kayak is, you know, you don't dig in as much on those waves. So I was, I couldn't go into the waves. Like normally I'd go like, you know, if you're, if the waves coming at you like 12 o'clock, let's say I try and go like nine to 10, sort of angle it. Yeah. Angle that I was more trying to, almost per, uh, parallel to try and float over the top of each one. And I just honestly, I'm not kidding, Zach. I prayed between every wave, like just get me through one more. And I try and just sort of go roll over the top of each one as best I could. Cause they were just crashing, you know, they were like uh, just white capping and crashing over my kayak before I could get over them. And uh, man, I just, I barely made that to shore and that scared me to death, that wind. So, I, I mean, it took me a long, a long time till probably about middle of this year for me when the wind came up for me not to freak out because that was, I, I don't even know how I survived that. That was like one of those, like those things you'll see on TV where it's like, I shouldn't have survived. Like I shouldn't have survived that. And a lot of people die up there from that stuff. So, but it just, and it was a freak storm, and that storm actually started in the southern end of the state, and it did the same thing on other lakes. People were out with their families and, like, pool floaties and stuff, and that wind came up, and it swamped all these, like, people out in the middle of the lake. They couldn't get back. They had to rescue all these people. People sunk boats and lakes all up and down the state from that windstorm, and uh, it was just very damaging, so... Wow, that's scary it was, situation. It was scary. It was scary. I think was, God was answering your prayers and he was riding on them waves with well, you. I'm telling you, like, I am not kidding. I totally believe I was saved that day by God because I just prayed every single one. And I mean, I had so much water in my native Titan. I mean, I was basically, my seat was, you know, my feet are dragging through it and I'm trying to steer that thing and it's just so heavy because it's so full of water because I can't, you can't, the scupper plugs are so low in that they weren't doing a dang thing and the waves were so close together. I mean, they're just piling water in and uh, how, you know, that's a testament to that boat could stay afloat with me in it, <laughs> but it did. I just knew as long as I kept in that boat, I'd be okay, you know, and I'd, I didn't want, you know, if you got out of that boat, that you would have got separated and would have been done. But so. you good swimmer? I I am n not very well. No, I mean I could swim, but you know I got I have medical issues to deal with. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. and not in that not in that kind of storm. Nobody can swim in that. Uh, I mean, you just uh, you're just gonna take waves after waves. So. And it's cold, what? cold water. You know, we're at like 9,000 feet and, uh, you know, it's not good. So, 
But I survived that. So there's my scary story is, you know, always make sure you got your PFD on. And, uh, you know, <laughs> if you see, you know, try and keep an eye on stuff. Sometimes stuff happens and you just got to try and do the best you can to survive it and just make some good decisions with what you got and hang in there. You have an amazing outlook. You told that story well. That was a, definitely a scary experience, and I appreciate you sharing that. I hate that you had to think about that, relive that, but uh, <laughs> that educational right. story as well. You know, uh, we get into bad situations sometimes when we're out there on the water, uh, and we're not paying attention to the weather. You know, you're excited to get out there and go fishing, and sometimes you don't look at the weather and see that there's going to be a thunderstorm kind of rolling in at in two hours. Yeah, you know, we get there was no alert for this, there was no weather alert for me to even see it. I had been checking the weather, it just was sometimes just freak squalls happen, and you know, you just gotta try and get to shore, (laughs) you know, yeah, but get to any shore the best, the fastest you can. That's a dangerous situation. I'm glad you lived through it, that's for sure. Me too. Yeah, down there in Tennessee, you're going to fish Chickamauga with uh... a... <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to expect with Tennessee weather, so we'll see what happens. But Well, um, Kate, how can people follow you online and, and follow your journey uh, the rest of this year and next year? Well, I would say my, my, main inst- my main ways are Instagram. I'm Catherine underscore field on Instagram. Um, I've got a Facebook page. Also, it's Kate Fishing that matches my YouTube, Kate Fishing. So those are the my more public public things. And, and I'm on Facebook, you know, more with my more private stuff. Most people aren't interested in my private stuff like that. But um, you can find me there as well. So. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. So before we end this tonight, do you have one piece of advice to anybody that wants to try to attempt what you did this year, get in their car and travel all over the country uh, to, to, to participate in the National Tournament League? Uh, what's one maybe small piece of advice you would give them? I would say don't give up on your dreams. You know, it's find a way that you, you can – can follow your dreams, follow your bills. And even if it's just like, just take a stab at it and do a couple, um, just go and do it. You, you know, don't have the expectation that you're going to go win it all or anything like that. We all dream about that, but, uh, you know, don't give up on yourself and don't count yourself out. Like, you know, these are, are great experiences. They're amazing tournaments and you're going to learn so much about yourself and so much uh, just from experiencing it. It's a great skill accelerator. And I, I really highly, uh, highly anticipate next year is going to be awesome. And I think uh, the Hobie BOS is, is definitely going to be one of the best tournament trails to follow. So go out there and give it a try. I think it's, it's just a wonderful experience, if anything. And, and just don't give up on yourself. Like, just go for it, you know. Life's too short. Wow, that's an amazing answer. Uh, you answered that right off the bat. That's awesome. And uh, I have a lot of faith that there's going to be some big things coming from you, Kate. And uh, I look forward to everything, to watching you and uh, seeing you thrive in this sport. All right, Zach. Well, hopefully I'll we get to meet up. Hopefully fish. I get down there in the Hobie BOS or uh, the debate on doing Chickamauga. You do Chickamauga, let me know, and I might meet okay. up with you guys. And All right. I appreciate that, Zach. Thanks so much for the opportunity to chat. I've had a good time.
All right. Thank you much. And uh, thanks for coming on. And thank you guys for listening to the Yak Legion podcast. Don't forget to head, check us out on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. And uh, we will give you a shout out on the podcast. You know, uh, every review helps and it goes a long way to show new people the podcast. And then I appreciate all of you guys for listening. Uh, and like I said before, and at the end of every episode, tight lines and keep your toilet paper stocked.